Hello everybody and welcome back to the Dragon's Library! Uh, just in case you guys don't know, I recently made myself a new thumbnail, so you're gonna be seeing that new template up and running. It's a lot of fun, I hope you like it, took me a while to make it, so... Anyway, moving on from there, we are talking about Nope, which is the new Jordan Peele movie. And I have been interested in this for a while, because I really like Get Out and I really like Us. Uh, well, I still need to finish Us, I watched the first few scenes and tension really got to me, but... I keep forgetting to finish it, uh, and I saw Black Klansman, but, like, he's a really good filmmaker. And I kind of wish this had been a better movie. Womp, womp, wah. <laughs> Look, I'm going to say some very mean things about this movie in the spoiler section and some of the later parts of the review, but I will say, overall, it was a pretty good time. So, with that out of the way, let's get started with the premise. So, we follow the ranch owner, we follow the, we follow the two children, OJ and Emerald Haywood, who are the children of Otis Haywood, who ran the Haywood Ranch. Essentially a major ranch that provided horses from film all the way back into the early days of motion capture and, uh, development of the first cameras. So, they're kind of a big deal in Hollywood, but they've fallen hard times recent years, and after random debris, including a nickel, hits Otis, after falling out of the sky in a very, very weird incident, and he dies because it, like, embeds itself in his brain, slicing through his eye because it moved way faster than it should have. Strange things start to happen on the farm, and OJ and Emerald decide to use their, you know, knowledge of film and cameras and some tech, tech money they have on the side in order to get a shot of what they believe to be a UFO that is stalking the nearby area. Specifically, operating out some strange cloud that never seems to move. It's a weird premise. Uh, it also has to do with... They also have, like, a side plot involving a uh, sitcom star who had to watch his rest of his cast get mauled by the uh, chimpanzee animal actor. It's weird. It doesn't really... Tie back in the main plot, and we're going to get there for now. But, moving on from the premise, let's go into the characters. So, we have Daniel Kayula? Kauya? 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 As O.J. Haywood. We have Keke Palmer as Emerald Haywood. We have Brandon Perret as Angel Torres. Michael Wincott as Antler Hoist. St Stephen Yu as Ricky Jupe Park. And, uh, yeah, it's all pretty fun. We also have Ren Schmidt as his wife. And that's basically the main cast, quite frankly. There's a lot of background characters, but they don't really show up for that long. Uh, the main cast for this is pretty small, like I said. So, we have, obviously, we have OJ and uh, Emerald. They're the two children after the father died. Emerald apparently left for years, but came back after the father died to help OJ out with the ranch. It's not going well. She's constantly kind of flaking on him, you know, late to shoots and stuff like that. And OJ is not used to dealing with people. He's used to, like, being the assistant to his father. His sister is the outgoing one who has all the experience with people. Like, he has, like, this mumbling problems, like... Um, well, I really need to just wait for Emerald, and I, I, I can do this. You guys will just, like, stop. And, you know, it doesn't speak up and uh, causes problems. Emerald is very outgoing and is able to take a charge, but she's constantly flaking to try and sell her own career because she doesn't really want to be here. She's here out of family responsibility, not because this is what she wants to do with her life. Um, in fact, they end up losing one of, one of the reasons they need the money really badly is because Emerald was not helping OJ 
you know, direct everyone after she gave the big intro speech and came in late because uh, she was trying to sell one of her projects to one of the other, you know, producers there off on the side. And the horse ended up going a little wild and they got cut off the shoot so they could just use CGI instead. Uh, and apparently this means they had to sell the horse too, so the ranch is down a, down, down a horse and it's just generally not a great mood. However, after OJ witnesses one of the horses being taken along with Emerald and they see some strange things, they realize there's some UFO out there. Of course, once they realize this and start interacting with it, things get weird quickly. This leads them into going to talk with uh, Angel Torres. He essentially works at a Best Buy and they get a bunch of surveillance equipment. He realizes they're trying to get a shot of a UFO and ends up helping them out remotely for, at first before coming down to help them out with big shots. Um, Antler Hoist, Holst is a big filmmaker who was on the project OJ and Emerald got knocked off of, and they contact him when they need someone to take a shot because their electrical equipment is getting shorted out, and they need him to make a camera that won't require electricity, so like a crank camera. Uh, and he's also, like, they don't ever mention it outright, but he's subtly dying. Like, you see him taking pills. You see, like, some stuff in the background. They never say what he has. I think it's cancer. But they don't, like, outright say it, and it's really nice. And so he has this, like, desperate, this one last great accomplishment thing going on. Which is nice. I like that. And then you have Stephen Yu, who has actually been aware of the UFO for six months now and has been feeding horses to it. He's actually been buying horses from the Haywood Ranch as they've been losing them. Um... And he decides to have a big event where he shows off the UFO taking a horse and ends up pissing it off even more. So his whole thing is complicated, wrapped in a lot of backstory involving a monkey, weird shoe that doesn't really go anywhere. The monster's pretty cool, though. Uh, the UFO monster, all that stuff. It's really cool. I'm not going to spoil the big twist, but there is a twist involving the UFO. I'm not going to say anything more than that. Just that there's a big twist. If you've heard anything about this, you probably know what that twist is, but I try not to do that for the spoiler section. However, I will say there is more to it, and the effects involving it, they're good in the beginning. I like it the early shots, but then at the end, there's big transformation scene, and they change the way everything looks, and it doesn't look great. I'm trying, I'm being very vague right now. I will say, up until the very last part where it transforms, and if you know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. Um, if you've, well, if you've seen the movie, you'll know what I'm talking about. It looks um, great, like great, very, very good effects. Uh, if they're using CGI, it's not whole, super obvious. And quite frankly, I think it's just good. Yeah, all around good movie, good suspense, nice comedy in between. But the ending just kind of falls apart and they never explain a lot of side tangents the movie went on. Like the whole plot line with Steven Yu is built up way more than it should have been. Like. His flashback is literally the opening scene of the movie, and that flashback never ties back into anything about this show. Um, aside from maybe the whole don't look an animal in the eye thing, but even that's just like, it doesn't explain in my opinion. So, yeah. Uh, I will get to that, but I'm going to say that for the end, closer to the spoiler section, so I don't, you know, I can give everybody a warning. Now, I will say that the actors all do a great job. They're all having fun. Steven Yu is a very over-the-top energy. OJ and Emerald definitely have a dynamic to them that I can see as a brother-sister dynamic. Angel Torres is, you know, Brandon Prey is a greatest angel. Uh, Michael Wincott really gives you that last great shot energy to him. I really love what he was doing for this character. 
All the characters are great. The story just kind of falls apart at the end. And that really is a shame because Jordan Peele has always managed to nail the endings for me. Uh, I mean, aside from Candyman, but that thing was just... Ugh. I just did not enjoy that movie. Nah. So, yeah. Good movie. I'll give it like an 8 out of 10 because mostly it's good. And it's still fun. It's still enjoyable in the moment. It's just a little unsatisfying in the end. Now... I gave you this early because I have one final piece of criticism. And for those of you who don't want to hear the spoiler, this is a spoiler. So, this is about the effect. It's about the twist. It's about the overarching thing. But I think this deserves to be a part of the official review and not part of my big spoiler talk. Because it's kind of why this hits an 8. Because uh, I keep alluding to something that's a problem. That's why this is not like a 9 or a 10. And it is because it just doesn't make sense. Like, they just set up things. So, the movie starts out with this whole, there was a sitcom involving a monkey, and uh, Stephen Yu was one of the, you know, kid actors who played the younger brother in the show. The monkey went crazy, killed the mom and dad actors, and grievously wounded the sister main cast actor, uh, and he hit under a table. Uh, so, you see the monkey, like, beating people up, and tapping dead, dead, you know, bloody monkey tapping a shoe, uh, of someone, and their other shoe is just standing upright, like standing on, sitting on the heel, toe pointed upward, like it's like hovering in the, it's like, it's almost like it's being like dragged upward by like a string. Uh, it's, they draw you to it, the camera like frames it, and the monkey is just like acting really weird, like I'm, maybe there's something, maybe the aliens are doing something to its brain and it caused all this, it's also why the shoe's kind of floating. We don't get any answer to that, there's never an explanation of why the monkey went mad. There's no explanation about the weird shoe that, co that comes up again with you staring at it in the glass case like it holds some significance. There's just nothing. Nothing at all. Um, it just kind of happened. It didn't have anything to do with this. For all we know, the UFO only showed up about six months ago. It has no connection to this, um, you know, tragedy from 1998. Which is weird because they go flash back to it like three times. This is not like a, just a flashback in the beginning. They also flashback when they go, when the two siblings go to visit Steven to sell the horse. And they have another flashback right before Steven has the big announcement that he's going to show the crowd a UFO. And it just, all those flashbacks don't add to anything. There's nothing there. It didn't add to the main story. And I feel like it was almost there. So I think there are two reasons, personally. And I have these written down. First up. There was some scene cut where they were going to explain these things had been here before and they had somehow caused the monkey to go crazy. We've seen the horses react weirdly, so maybe the monkey sensed it was overhead, went crazy, got really scared and killed them, and the shoe was caused by something that happened with the UFO monster above. Or they just wanted to fill time and they tried to make it symbolic, but it didn't hit right. Either way, there's a problem here, and these scenes are it. If you took out these scenes, I think this movie would be better off. Um, this is really a case where you just needed to cut some stuff. Honestly, I could have done with some more scenes with the UFO being like a horror monster uh, over the house, rather than having these flashback scenes. Or just give one of them when he's like, you know, showing them his collection of memorabilia from the show, like his big break. And he has this weird flashback when they're like, yeah, it must have been amazing. It's like, yeah, until the monkey went off. And then, you know, he has a mild flashback there. It's like a small flashback. 
That was fine. But you didn't need the intro. You didn't need the later one. Uh, sorry if I went off on a tangent about that. But I really do feel like these scenes drag down the movie. They distract you from the overall suspense tone. They drag you away from the actual main character. Steven Yu is almost like a side villain. Uh, not even like a villain. He's starting, like he doesn't, all he does is piss off the UFO. That's all he does. <sighs> Alright, well, with all that said, like I said before, 8 out of 10, it's okay. I would definitely recommend this over a lot of other movies out there. It's not necessarily a bad movie, it just, it hurt because I can see that this could have been better. And I know Jordan Peele is capable of making better movies than this. I mean, hell, he made us and Get Out. We know what he's capable of. So, with all that said and done, moving on to spoiler section. Three, two, one. Spoiler. Okay, so... My voice is a little cracking right now, so I'm probably not going to make this last too long today. Uh, (laughs) Anyhow. With that said... We have the spoiler talk, and for the big spoiler in this movie, the UFO is not actually an alien spaceship. It's an organic monster. Yeah, so there's this big scene early on where they, uh, after they find out it's a fake, uh, after they find out it's been eating their horses and they try and get a camera shot with initially before they realize it shuts down electronics near it. They essentially leave out a, uh, the Emerald steals a fake horse that's used for, like, training purposes. And she puts it out in their field. And the monster eats it. Uh, and then the monster gets really pissed because it wasn't abducting horses. It was eating prey. And it can't eat a giant plastic sculpture. Uh, and they have these great scenes with, like, the like the, it upchucking all the blood when it kills all the people at Steven Yu's uh, performance. It, like, it, so when Steven Yu unleashed it and it got its attention and stared at it, it, like, ooh, you're prey too? And ate the entire crowd. Uh, and then heads over to the farm and upchucks blood. Like, it makes it rain blood during a rainstorm all over their house. And for the rest of the film, their house is essentially stained with blood. Like, if a cop came out there and saw that house, they'd be like, uh, I think you two have some explaining to do. So, good thing it didn't until, you know, good thing it didn't come out there until after... <laughs> After they get some photo photographic proof. And they do get photographs of it. They get some film of it. And they get they get several actual photographs of it using low-tech things. Which is good. I like it. Very nice. So, all in all, fun movie. Lots of stuff here. Uh, there's this whole thing, though, where... So, the whole... The big uh, twist is when they realize it doesn't eat... It doesn't take inorganic matter. And it doesn't like the flags. It doesn't like the plastic cores... Um, they use the flags as sort of like a, like it knows that flags mean something's fake because they wrap flags around the fake horse. And so it thinks that that anything wrapped with flags is fake. So they use it a lot of times to prevent from eating them. But um, there's also a moment where like you have, so you have that filmer who tries to do everything and there's this big room. Like, okay. So it doesn't eat inorganic matter. And he literally throws himself at the thing with a camera, a crank camera, because it disables all electronics. There's even a cool scene where somebody's riding an electric motorcycle uh, directly at it, and it's like, so what happens when, when a, uh, you know, high-speed motorcycle rides into a, uh, damp, you know, an EMP field heading towards the motorcycle, and the result is, the guy gets thrown off it, and, you know, breaks all his bones, and then gets left for dead, because, you know, OJ's like, you were an asshole to us, um, and I'm not risking my life for you, like, OJ tries, 
But the guy is just being like the worst and he was an asshole to Emerald and he didn't listen to their warnings. And so when it's his life, when, when there's nothing more he can do, he's just like, yeah, you're an asshole. So I want to live. This is your dumb mistake. Bye. Uh, and lets the spaceship, lets, lets the UFO monster eat him. And the thing does have a really cool design. Uh, it looks essentially like a giant eyeball. Or at least like a half of an eye. Like, you know, the the front sclera and um, pupil of the eye. And it's just this really cool design. And then it sort of just turns into this, like, giant uh, jellyfish uh, fabric in the, in the last part of the third act, which is not fun. Uh, at the inorganic matter thing does come back around, though, with Michael Wincott, uh, you know, Antler Hoist, Holst, the, you know, the filmer who's going to die. He does this whole thing where he, like, literally gives himself to the monster and, you know, he continues filming as he's being sucked into its gaping maw and going down its throat. Uh, and so I was, when I saw this with my dad, both of us were like, oh, they're going to, you know, they're going to they're gonna find the camera like all their other cameras are gonna get destroyed and then when they find and then when it finally goes away it's gonna spit out that camera and that'll be the proof they have his last great work you know but he doesn't ever spit up his camera and he never comes back he literally just threw himself into that thing before they blew it up like I, I don't like there are so many moments here where it's like I feel like there was a scene that was supposed to explain this but it just doesn't there are too many loose ends and in movies in real life, there are loose ends all the time. I get that. But in movies, we like loose ends to be tied up. And there are just so many weird loose ends that don't get tied up. There's this. There's the, um, you know, they don't ever, like, show them, uh, you know, going on tour and showing the world their photos. They literally just have, like, the characters standing there with the photo down at their feet. And a bunch of people rushing to see them. And Emerald's the one standing there. And she's not, like, her personality would be, like, grabbing that photo for dear life. That's such a big break. But she's just kind of standing there exhausted. Uh, and then there's the whole thing with Steven Yu's backstory that never ties back into the working threat. There's Antler Hoist going up in there. That never gets paid off. Heck, even Angel Torres just ends the movie after nearly being sucked out and having kept himself to the ground using uh, plastic tarp and barbed wire to keep himself grounded. And he's just laying out there in the desert. It's just like, there's no closure to this movie. It just feels unsatisfying like it's fun in the moment but the ending is just unsatisfying so yeah that's really all i have to say about this there's not much to this i mean it's a good acting good direction definitely uh the the raining blood scene when it's raining blood in that house and the giant storm with the ufo over them and they finally realize what it is whoo that is some Jordan Peele stuff right there. That is good shit. But the rest of the movie? Eh, just kind of okay. Which is weird, because there are parts of this that are just amazing, and there are other parts that are just like, meh. So, 8 out of 10. Hope to see Jordan Peele do better. Uh, I know he can do better. He also wrote, directed, and produced this, so I'm wondering if he might need some creative oversight to say, like, hey, uh, tie up that scene, please. It's like, well, it makes perfect sense. It's like, it doesn't to the rest of the audience, because we're not in your head, buddy. Uh, it reminds me of something Yahtzee once said about singular creatives. It was like, I'm sure that makes sense to the creator, but it doesn't make sense to me. Uh, or it's like, I'm sure, I'm sure crawling in the bed under the cover is doing nothing but doing that, you know, just crawling around to there made sense to the author, but it doesn't make sense to us. 
Uh, and it definitely is very much an auteur, auteur film, which I like. I, I appreciate that in a lot of levels. It definitely feels like something came out of like a singular creative vision, which is really cool. So, uh, yeah. With that all out of the way, I will be streaming. I'll be posting what I'm going to be streaming. Um, you know, I'll, I will have posted it. I'm not going to be streaming the week this goes on YouTube because uh, <laughs> I will be on call that week. Uh, I will be streaming on the 27th and 20, uh, 28th, but by the time this gets on YouTube, I will have already streamed. I will not be streaming on the 2nd or 4th because I will be on call for work. In addition, next video will be about the next podcast and or video will be about Ordinary Monsters. I am finally got the book review ready. It's all ready to go. We're going to go over that because there's a lot to go over with that giant thing. So let's do it. Anyway, see you guys next time. Bye. I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode. And thank you for listening to the Dragon's Library. Please subscribe to this podcast to be notified of new episodes. The Dragon's Library releases new episodes Tuesday and Friday each week, and you can follow us on Twitter at dragon underscore library 2. If you want to suggest an episode topic, my email is in the description below. And as always, thank you so much for all your support.